right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the start of something new, a decom podcast. I'm your host, Jake, and with me, as always, is my co-host and fellow Zetabyte, <laughs> Kate. And this is the podcast in which we review every single Disney Channel original movie in chronological order, all the way from Under Wraps to The Slumber Party. And this is Season 3, Episode 4, in which we will be discussing the 2004 Disney Channel original movie, Pixel Perfect. But before we do that, Kate, how have you been since our last recording? Um, I know to the listeners it's only been a couple of weeks, but for us it's been a kind of like a month, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been well, honestly, just trying to get through school right now. Um, as we are recording, it is November 9th. I know it won't be released for a hot second. Um, but anybody who um, has, you know, done any work in college or beyond knows the stress that starts to kind of <laughs> build in November um so you know it is what it is but how are you jake because you had some stuff going on yes um let me get into that real quick so um and i believe i told the listeners this in our last two episodes um recently i had a medical um a thing come up um i guess i can be candidate can canada <laughs> i can be candid yeah. about it um, I actually had what is referred to as a pionile cyst on me, <laughs> which was not fun. Doesn't sound like it. No, it, it was. It, it really sucked. <laughs> it, it made hard. It made hard to walk, move and walk around, which isn't great. <laughs> um, so just recently, about two weeks from Thursday, last Thursday at this point, that'd be the twenty. Uh, 20- Seventh, so two weeks from then, I actually went in and got surgery to have it removed, and then I was basically um, uh, uh, recovering for two weeks. But actually, it was more like one week because they said they ended up having the incision wasn't too big actually, and I didn't have any exterior stitches, so that was great. That. And so they were all the dissolving kind; they were internal. So it only took me a week to kind of get back on my feet. But I tell you, like the night I, cause it was an outpatient. So I was back home that same night, but then I, in like the weekend right after, Oh, I was feeling it. I was, I was taking painkillers. Like it was, I don't want to say like it was candy. Cause that makes it sound like I was taking a lot of it, but you know what I mean? Like I was yeah. just on that, on those painkillers. Cause like, Ooh, it was bad. Uh, yeah, I have dealt with a similar situation in the past, and it is not fun. So I'm so glad that, like, at least it's over now. I'm sorry you had to deal with that pain, but I'm so grateful that, like, it was overall, like, a somewhat, like, a sh- painful recovery, which sucks, but, like, a short recovery, too. Right, yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, I remember, because, like, we got there. I wasn't called in for my surgery till like, t- uh, 2.30 in the afternoon, which is, like, oh. The worst part being is, like, when you um on the day of, I, no, I wasn't allowed to eat anything. Oh, until, yeah, that's the worst. So I was, really, like, sitting at home all morning just being, like, I am so hungry. <laughs> right. God, I know. I know. Been there, done that. It is the worst. Yeah. And then... Probably actually the worst, worst thing about that is when they had to try and put the IV in my arm because apparently my veins are very hard to find. And they were like, how, how do, where, where, where stab? Literally, um, they checked both of my arms. At one point, it seemed like they had 
found one in my left arm and they went through the whole process of putting the plastic tip for the catheter and stuff in. And then she's like, oh, it's a block. And I went, what? Then she had to take it out. My, my, literally my hand was bleeding because of it. And she found, yeah. And she finally found one on my right hand and put it in again. And I'm just like, oh gosh. That's the worst. Oh, the anxiety that that gives me. Just thinking about, I hate blood. Both my parents worked in the medical field. Um, and so it's kind of ironic, but like, I've just never, I've, I'm fine with blood in like, um, like a horror movie where I know it's fake, but anything like, even like Grey's Anatomy by what I've seen of it, just like anything that's like realistic or real blood. I'm like, mm, no, thanks. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but they, they got it in and I was like, oh, thank God. And that was probably the worst that happened because um, I remember they um, they wheeled me into the room and I'm like, wow, this is just like Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that before I passed out when I had a surgery once? I, sw- I was like, I think I was naming off the members of One Direction or something. <laughs> you know that I was so obsessed with One Direction back in the day. Like they gave me those drugs and it was like right before I passed out and I said something about One Direction. That was like, that was what came to mind before I passed out. Oh my gosh. Um, I think before I passed out, I don't know. I just remember they put a nice like warm pillow on my head and then um, they were like, all right, we're going to put in the, the, the stuff. And I'm like, oh guys, another needle. And they're like, no, no, it's going to go through the IV. I'm like, okay. And then I just was out. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this is going to be the greatest nap of my life. It kind of was, because then I started waking up. Apparently, as I was coming from down from the anesthesia, I just talked about movies. <laughs> See, I mean, that that demonstrates your personality right there and why we do this podcast. Literally, I'm like, you guys ever see this movie? <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that. Did I tell but, yeah. you uh, getting a doctoral minor in media studies? Oh, I don't think you did. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be an interesting journey. But I actually met a girl from that part of my school, and we hung out tonight for a little bit and it was, it was really great, but I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm getting into, but yeah, we love some film up in here. Clearly. <laughs> I mean, clearly given our podcast, but yeah, so that was my last month. <laughs> I was had, had my surgery, got through the recovery and yeah, now it's November. Um, actually fun fact today, this morning, I attended a zoom about the senior showcase for my school for May because I'm like, oh, right, I'm going to be in that this year. Right, you're like almost done. Uh, yeah, uh, the fact that it's like I think about that randomly sometimes I go, oh, right, I'm going to I'm almost done. That's so wild. That's so wild. Yeah, you texted me the other day about having to write a cover letter and I'm like, oh, my gosh, the end is near. Yeah, it was crazy. And today I wrote out my unformatted resume. Uh, I'm so excited for you. Well, if you need help, let me know, because I used to do that for a living, like not that specific. I helped. I worked in a writing center where I helped people with some level of frequency with like resumes and stuff. Right. Um, That reminds me, I need to link you the Google Slides with my thesis stuff on it. Yes, please do. I'm so excited to see all the um, all the things. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of really focusing on kind of just character design for this uh, this one. Um, I think next, um, because this one's only supposed to take a one semester. So for my second half next semester, I think I'm going to do a storyboard with the characters. 
Good. I think that I think that'll be good. And I think that's a good way to break it up too. Yeah, I think I pretty much I think I talked about this before, but like uh going to my art school, I really was like when I started, I was really into like doing like animation and stuff, but now I've been through it. I'm like, I kinda wanna do character design. <laughs> right. Right. I think that's cool though. Like you kind of go through that journey and you get to know yourself a bit. Um, it's definitely been a long road for me. I honestly am still kind of figuring out what direction I want to go in after I graduate, but like being in a doctoral program, I have roughly four more years after this. <laughs> well, so, see, Kate, where you should go is you need to go in one direction. I need to go in one direction and that is get this degree as soon as I can. <laughs> Truly. Uh, but yeah, just like the, the fact that that hit me, it's like, Oh, right. I'm a senior. I'm like doing stuff this spring. It's crazy. It's crazy to think like come this spring. Actually, it's the first week of May that the exhibition is. I will literally get to sit at like a little area in the school and be like, here's my work. Do you like it? I'm so excited for you. Oh, my gosh. If I can't be there in person because we live in different states, send me all the pictures. Oh, I will. I will have my parents take all the pictures. I'm so excited for you. It's wild, though, how time is flying. Like, honestly, I feel like it had this weird slowdown when the pandemic hit. And then, like, since things went back to quote-unquote normal, it's, like, zoomed ahead. At least that's my perception. Yeah, it's crazy. I think just – and, like, it still feels like 2020 to me because I feel like that those shouldn't count. That year shouldn't count. Exactly. Well, I just, yeah, we all know because we had the Rocky Horror um, episode. It was my birthday recently, and I literally feel two years younger than I am. Like, literally. my brain wants to say that I am two years younger than I am. <laughs> Truly. It was like, 2020 doesn't count. This is 2020, actually. Right? Like, this is 2020. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is what 2020 was supposed to be, but that's okay. <laughs> Truly. Uh, but yeah, so that's been us for like the last month. But like, you know, you guys still got three whole episodes last month. So, you know, don't say we don't try. <laughs> yeah, we just planned out our recording episode, our recording schedule. Which, and I think for, for until like after Christmas, we're going to be doing like three more, I think. Yeah, the goal is to get three more. So one more this month and two more in December. And can I just say, it's crazy how we're, like, actually thinking, like, okay, let's get a schedule figured out. <laughs> right. Like, we need to at least somewhat be on top of things. Whereas... I December, we'll probably record either the very end of November, or which will be released in December, or very start of December, and then not again till closer to the end, because finals are going to be hitting right in there. Um, this is what we get for being two, two podcast hosts in school. Truly. <laughs> But that's all I was going to say, whereas, like, it felt like at the beginning when we first started, it was like, hey, when do you, you want to do one this week? <laughs> yeah, literally. And now I that we're, like, you know, over two years in, going on our third year, I think it's, like, we are bound and determined. And once we finally get through all the decoms, I'm sure we'll just shift the podcast to something else and just continue it in some other way. Listen, that's when we'll shift into our theme park podcast. <laughs> right. That will be that will be the theme park podcast, which I think will work well because Epic Universe should be open by then. It should be. We'll we'll come in with a full review. 
<laughs> we will. Jake and I have already planned that we're going to visit Epic Universe together for the first time shortly after it opens. But like, that's that's a story for another day. Yes. Um, yes. Speaking of stories, I believe. Um, so, well, there was no like official decom news while we were away um there was like no new ones announced or like anything um we do have to mention something it's gonna be a bit of a downer so i'm just gonna let you guys know um uh trigger warning we are gonna talk about a recent death that happened just this last week but it's like related to disney channel so like we should mention it so um skip ahead a few minutes if you don't want to talk if you want to hear about it but unfortunately it was announced that um Aaron Carter, um, unfortunately, tragically passed away this last week. Um, if you guys know Aaron Carter, you know, he was a big uh, pop, pop star back in the early 2000s. Most famously, Disney Channel-wise, he was um, heavily featured in the Christmas episode of Lizzie McGuire, which, you know, is a, yeah, just a great episode. It's really one of the best. Um, you know, he's also the younger brother of Nick Carter. But, yes, it was very sad and... Um, you know, very tragic because he was only like 32, I want to say. I think 34, but I could 34. be. Yes, 34. Um, Very tragic, very sad. Um, Obviously, his brother and everyone like came out and like said, you know, gave their statements and everything. And then, um, more, of course, actually, Hillary Duff herself even came out and had gave a statement regarding his death. And it was just really... You know, like it really hit us Disney kids or us early 2000s Disney Channel kids. Cause, like, like I said, that episode of, of Lizzie McGuire is a very iconic. You know, it's the Christmas episode. So to see him go so, so soon and so early on, it's just, it's just, you know, it's very tragic. It's really sad. To my understanding, he was struggling um, pretty badly for a while, but it's, it's, it's very, very sad. And I in no way want to place the emphasis on anyone other than him, but it's just wild to me because um, I saw I saw the Backstreet Boys, which his brother is in, you know, obviously over over the summer. And I think that that was like, you know, that like kind of 90s, early 2000s nostalgia. Um, it just kind of like hit a little bit harder. I was like, oh, I, I like I don't know. I feel like it just made it a little bit more real um but it's it's just such a sad sad circumstance you know um he he was such a talented and charismatic um public figure for like i mean he was still talent i mean obviously but like um but you know especially like during when his career was like dominating in like the early 2000s i mean he really was like such a big figure in so many people's lives and i think it's really sad that um the ending trajectory of his life like ended i mean everyone would think this right obviously but like just the fact that it ended the like um how it did is just it's just heartbreaking so um we definitely like on this podcast want to send all the love respect good vibes thing to aaron carter's like family and loved ones um because yeah he was just like an incredibly iconic and talented figure yes definitely i just i felt like we would it would be um 
unjust of us to not mention it because while he was never actually in a decom he was still in a very iconic disney channel episode and you know like i said a lot of people from that generation knew him and remembered him and it's just it's very tragic how things um played out yeah yeah absolutely so um yeah rest in peace aaron carter for sure like i say that with like the utmost like respect honestly like it's just super sad situation honestly again despite like everything i was very like i remember reading the news like coming across my phone and i was absolutely shocked because he was despite all his struggling he was very young yes for sure um but yes so that's a little, a little somber news for this episode but you know it felt like it like it would just be a, an unjust of us to not mention it but yes so all right um if you skipped ahead you can skip ahead you can stop now um uh, we are going to move on we're going to lighten the mood now to talk about pixel perfect kate are you ready for this i'm i'm ready for this one this one was I liked it and I'm excited about it because it actually coincides with some of the research that I did for my master's thesis and we'll get there. But it is, it's a, it's a time. It's a time. But let's start with some background. Kate, do you want some background? I would love some background because I don't know any background about this movie. All right. So Pixel Perfect is a 2004 Disney Channel original movie. Um, it first premiered on... January 16th, 2004. Welcome to 2004, everyone. We've made it to our next year of DCOMs. Ooh, and this is a good one. Based on, like, I'm looking at Wikipedia right now, 2004 has some solid stuff in it. But we'll get there. 2004's got some bangers, but also it's very clear that um, we're done with, like, the 90s, early like, early 2000s thing where we're going to have a new DCOM every month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm grateful for that. There are six decoms released in 2004, and I that's a good number. Yeah. Um. As we, yeah, but then also as we keep getting more and more further on, it kind of starts becoming less and less, which is a little sad. But you know, let's just focus on this for now. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. So it originally premiered on yeah January 16, 2004. It was directed by Mark A. Z. Depay. I'm going to say Depay because it got a little accent over the E at the end. Okay. And Mark is uh, A.C. Depay. Oh, interesting. He's a Japanese-born American film director and visual effects, effects supervisor, so that's cool. Interesting. Um, he made his directorial debut in 1997 with the movie Spawn, which I think that's pretty cool because, Kate, I don't know if you know this, but Spawn's a very popular comic book character, but he's not marvel or dc he's an um indie company like an independent company and he's like one of the most famous like independent company comic book characters ever interesting yeah and i think they're actually currently working on a reboot movie for him so that's that's gonna be really interesting to see a superhero movie come out that's not marvel or dc in like the 2020s right right because like everyone knows those two but yeah spawn's very popular he's actually had done crossovers with both marvel and dc because i know he's got crossovers with both batman and spider-man so like you know he he'll he'll go where the wherever they want him <laughs> it's kind of cool that's really interesting i yeah i had no idea about any of that yeah but as far as uh gcoms go this was his first one um it's not his only one though because he also directed halloween town high really okay 
Yeah, yes, he did. He did Halloween Town High, and that was his last one. He only did two. Interesting. I would I would not have guessed. Yes, but also interestingly, I don't know. If, I don't know if you know what this is. He also directed Michael Jackson's Halloween. Do you know what that is? I do not know what that is. So Michael Jackson's Halloween was a one-hour animated television special that premiered on CBS in 2017. Okay. So I think... Um, yeah, it was made in collaboration with Michael Jackson's estate. So it was basically a Halloween special where I think Michael Jackson, like, like just, like, has a Halloween adventure, which I think is really interesting because, like, yeah, it was made... A good while after he passed, but apparently his estate was in on it, so I guess it was okay to do. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that, which... Never heard of it. But honestly, this kind of also goes to our movie, because, like, I know another thing that's been happening is, like, they're trying to use holograms to replicate, replicate um, musicians who have passed away, because I know that was a big thing for a moment. So it's like, holograms are, you know, name of the game for this episode. Right. Yeah. So that's our director. So as far as our cast goes, we have okay. So Ricky Ullman as Roscoe, our main character. Kate, do you remember who Ricky Ullman is? Honestly, I did not know. Um, but I clicked around on Wikipedia and found out, and he is way more iconic than I would have ever guessed. Yes, because he is the titular Phil from Phil of the Future, you know, that classic Disney Channel show. I literally, I think I saw it a couple of times. Uh, it's like right, the 2004 to 2006 was like right on the cusp of like when I really started watching the Disney Channel. So I think that like, I mean, I know obviously of Phil of the Future um, and remember like seeing bits and pieces of it, but, um, but yeah, very iconic show. Yeah. Um, I saw bits and pieces of it too. Um, I also liked it also, I believe had Allie from Allie and AJ in it. You know, that's cool. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. But also one thing I want to bring up though, is that Ricky is not his actual name. It's a nickname. His real name is Raviv Ullman. Um, and says he is um, Israeli-American. Um, so what? And I think he's talked about this, actually. He's come out and talked about it. The reason he started going by Ricky, and this is very unfortunate and very oof, is because um, with a name like Raviv, he wasn't, he didn't get, he wasn't getting acting jobs as well. So. That's just so messed up. Yeah, and that's actually a big conversation now in Hollywood with actors of color who have, you know, more traditional uh, cultural names, but, you know, it's like, oh, well, that's hard to pronounce, so can you go by something else, or could you shorten it? And a lot of uh, actors of color now are like, no. No, you're right. going to learn to say my name correctly. So, like, it just shows right here, he's an example of how in the early 2000s, it's like, um, you just did it so you could get roles, but whereas now it's like um, actors of color are really, you know, standing w with their for their culture and for their um, traditional, culturally traditional name so it's it's just kind of really sad to know that like oh yeah that's right he had to make his name more white sounding to actually get jobs that's oof yeah um absolutely i think that it's a really positive um movement going on breaking away from that because that is such an oof um the fact that we're like 
let's make things sound like more white essentially i mean i it, yeah it's just it's so messed up so messed up or maybe not maybe white's not the right term but like you know what i'm you know what i'm saying that's yeah apology but like yeah yeah i easily pr- easy easy quote-unquote for like a population that has holistically like levied their privileges um and not really wanted to um take the time to do something as simple as learn people's names i don't want i shouldn't have said white i feel like that's not the right classification but again point stands yeah i just so yeah i want to point that out because i know he's i think he has also talked about that whole experience but yeah now he's going by his given name Raviv so you know um I'll probably going forward if I don't refer to him as Roscoe I'll refer to him as Raviv because that is his name and that's how he would he would like to be identified as great yes uh next up we have Leah Pipes as Samantha she's you know the girl best friend and we all know what that means in this kind of movie (sighs) at least Mm. they made it like an actual plot point this time instead of randomly throwing it in yeah but I mean, I still have words about their relationship. Which I think is totally fair. Yeah. Um, And then we have Spencer Redford as Loretta Modern, who is, you know, our, um, she's the hologram. You know, this this movie is about holograms. So let's just be clear. She's the hologram. She is the hologram. She is the hologram. Um, We have Chris Williams as Daryl Fibbs. He's the record producer. Uh, we have Portia Coleman as Rachel and Tania Gunadi as Cindy. They're the other two band members. Um, we have... Huh. Interesting. They don't have a place the dad listed. That's weird. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. Um, but I guess finally our last main person I guess we should talk about is Max Robinson as Moxley, who's the owner of the um, cl- the music club. So that's our cast as far as like main characters go. So now, Kate, I'm going to ask you, did you have any history with this movie before you watched it for this? I think that I'd seen bits and pieces or a commercial or something at some point, but I'd like never seen it. Yeah. yeah. History. <laughs> uh i think it's actually the same as you i think i maybe saw the commercial or maybe like a a scene or two from it but i i never saw it in full until now because if i had remembered seeing it i would definitely remember some more interesting choices they made with some of the scenes later on yes i would agree i would completely agree with that i you know it probably worked in 2004 but some of the stuff didn't age well and i'm not talking about like like ideology or anything i'm just talking about like graphics and stuff oh definitely honestly my my biggest my biggest question about this movie is like was any of this technology even feasible in 2004 i mean okay so something that's really that i did want to bring up is um there is something um a like hypothetical 
thing out there called the Turing test, which was developed by Alan Turing, um, I believe was his name. And if I get any of this information wrong, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm kind of looking it up as I go because I did study this briefly, um, but it's it's been a hot second. So basically, um, it's like something called like the imitation game. And so if if an AI, um, like an artificial intelligence, which is um, what Loretta is in this movie, if it can um, successfully like fool uh, someone into thinking that it's a human, um, it like is likely to be sentient, I think is basically the um the gist of the touring test again i deeply apologize if i got any of that wrong um however i don't think there's been any ais today that have passed i've heard of like reports i'm just going to put this into google ai pass touring test um because i remember something coming out like somebody had claimed that um okay so june 17th um the Washington Post um, posted that a Google AI had passed the Turing test. Um, so, but then like went on to talk about it's like limitations, I think, and just like, it may, might not be that deep or whatever. Um, but like the fact that this is just kind of like going, the fact that it's like, um, you know, not really even, relatively feasible um in in 2022 the kind of technology projected in this movie um in 2004 um but i think they also saw that we were on the path that we're on um and it's kind of taken shape in a few different forms um i would argue like more through social media um but we can talk you before we started recording brought up the frankenstein narrative and i think that that is such an imperative thing because it is like, it is a Frankenstein narrative and it's, and it kind of, the melding of technology is something that like has only become stronger. Um, so between like, like, like what is like the creation of life and, and sentience and like, how do we, how do we get there and at what point is it ethical? But it presents a lot of questions. Yeah, and this movie also presents those questions, but I don't really, not quite sure if it answers them well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely, right? So, like, my point bringing up the Turing test is that Loretta would, like, likely have been able to pass it, um, or potentially, um, but, and is, like, clearly a sentient being, but um, they kind of just throw the ethical part in at the end which again we will get to when we go through the plot yeah so let's get into that plot then shall we let's do it all right so this movie opens on a very nice house this is a very nice house in this movie and we meet our main character roscoe who's i guess like a tech whiz a tech genius because he's apparently making a holographic cat because apparently his father who works for this company it was a skyloft yes yes yeah he's working for this company skyloft and making and studying holograph 
specific technology and AI a bit. Um, but he's using the technology to make a holographic cat. And so he's like on the computer, just like changing the fur textures and colors and everything. And then he calls his friend Sam on, I guess, proto Skype. <laughs> Cause I don't actually yeah. know when Skype was invented. Yeah, it, they had some kind of video chat going on, which again, this is 2004, so this shows that this guy is like a tech whiz, or at least has access to high tech, very, very te um, advanced technology for the time. Yeah, so he talks to Sam, and this conversation is basically just meant to show that it's the classic, like, you know, they're best friends, but they totally like each other, but they're just not sure if they should date, because what if it ruins their friendship? And I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, I know. I know. I'm like, oh, boy, get ready for an hour and a half of this. Yeah. Um, and he tells her, hey, I got your birthday present, and he shows her the cat, and she's like, well, it's adorable, but I'm allergic to cats. I'm like, well, you won't be allergic to this one because it's a hologram. And she's like, whoa, that's crazy. And then they bring up the fact that they, um, well, that Sam has a band, and the band has an audition later, and Roscoe's like, well, I won't miss it. Yeah, which, I mean, good for him for being a supportive friend. I thought it was interesting that he felt the need to, like, come to their audition. Or she, like, wanted him there. But I was like, okay. Yeah, and then Roscoe's dad comes up to, I guess, the, the lab. <laughs> I guess this is their lab. And he's like, are you messing with my holograph, hologram technology again? And he's like, well, you never used it despite it being your job. And I'm like, hold on, what? Yeah, like, what is going on? Sir, you have some explaining to do. Like, um, the company is only paying you to make holograms and your son's doing it instead. Like, what? I just want to know his motivation in not making them. Literally, it's weird. But anyway, we don't have time for that because we got to go to the audition. And Kate, I think, I, I might be wrong. We've, we've watched like 47 of these movies already. But I think this is our first appearance of an 18 and under club. Yes, yes, it is, whoop, whoop, which will become a thing. Yeah, I wrote that. I made note of that, especially because I would say, like, beside, behind High School Musical and Camp Rock, I think our most anticipated decom to cover is Starstruck. And, you know, there's an 18 and under club president Starstruck. Yes, there is, which, oh, my gosh, I remember that so vividly, but, you know. Right. And you're like, where are those? Where, where are those? Where were those? And like, I am asking because I need to know, like, where were those? <laughs> Literally. Um, but yes, so we go to the, the venue, the audition. It's the, the venue is called the Ear Splitter, I want to say. Yeah, I think so. It was something like that. Yeah. So this is where we meet. Meet up with Sam, and so we also meet Rachel and Cindy. Rachel's uh, bass, Cindy's drums, and then originally Sam is both guitar and vocals. But you know, we'll see what happens there. But um, um, Roscoe arrives. He's there. He's ready to see the audition. Um, uh, Rachel is nervous. Uh, Sam's nervous. Cindy's not really that nervous, but like it was also with Rachel. She's doing her deep breathing. Right. She's she's on the whole thing. Yeah, and then I think we just get the audition, and um, we see they start uh, they start the song, which is I believe is it no uh, nothing's wrong with me. Yeah, 
which I wrote down. Wait, is this technically a musical? Maybe they do. I mean, there is obviously projection of the events and especially Sam's feelings. Yeah. Music. So I'm I like, guess maybe it's like, is this the forgotten musical decom musical? This might be the forgotten decom musical. Right, because yeah, they they start doing nothing's wrong with me, and then the club owner is like stops them prematurely, and he's like, you know, you you sound great, but you know, it's not about sound anymore. It's about image. You know, why isn't the lead vocalist dancing and doing stuff like Britney? And I'm like, what? I know. I like had the same reaction, and maybe that's just because like we're living in 2022. But I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> Okay, it's just, it's also weird because it's like, you know, like, I don't know, this is not the vibe this band's going for. Also, she's literally singing and playing guitar at the same time. Like, do you know how much skill that takes? It takes a lot of skill. I don't think people realize how much skill it takes. To like sing and play an instrument at the same time. It's like, no, no, no. And it's like, so he's like, you know, you're not really what we're looking for. So, you know, we're going to pass. But then so he calls it the next group, which he says Moist Toilet, but it's Moist Toilet. It's just he has an accent. But even then, Moist Toilet's not that great a band name, honestly. Yeah. Like, who, came, who came up with that? Especially because apparently Moist Toilet's a three-girl girl group. Yeah. Which, you know, they have the dance moves because none of them are playing instruments either. Yeah. So I'm like, um, okay, so he's more impressed by that. Like, I mean, yeah, they're both impressive, but like they're both equally impressive. It's not like whatever. Anyway. Yeah. So the band's pretty uh distraught about this. And this leads to pretty much everyone going and agreeing that Sam can't dance and maybe maybe she should hire a different person to be the lead vocalist because we learned Sam writes all the songs. But um, everyone else goes, maybe you should hire someone else to sing your songs. Which is a big oof, because she's a, Sam's a really good vocalist. She is, but it's like it's like the fact that it's like, apparently it's not all about the sound anymore. Right, right. Um, so she kind of huffs off to her room. Um, Roscoe goes to follow her, and um, they basically, so she just, she says like maybe they're right maybe we it is time for someone to else to sing your songs and she's like you know it's just if only there was a way to bottle perfection and he's like you know maybe we'll find that someday and she's like you're always looking to the future and he goes yeah but now if only i could be what my dad wanted me to be and i went what yeah like okay that was a little more deep than i than necessary but like okay yeah and then they like briefly hold hands for a minute and they do the thing where they like like take away and they're like oh <laughs> that was weird okay the trauma is just the trauma yeah so i think this is how sam agrees to do it she's gonna like okay we'll hold auditions for a singer so then roscoe goes home and i want to let you all know it's not even the 10 minute mark and he's already making the hologram i know he's like Throw, throwing it together because yeah, he's like just sitting at his desk kind of sitting at the desk in the lab kind of just messing around with the hologram cat we also learn here that um holograms can't go outside remember that everyone's gonna be very important later yes absolutely very important but yeah as he's working on the cat he goes he kind of just has a crazy like idea and he starts pulling cds 
of like different female singers out of like the cabinet or whatever. He also starts looking through like, I guess, music magazines. And this is when he starts making the hologram through God knows how, because they're not going to tell us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, this technology is not even here in like 2022. So yeah. <laughs> seriously, I not have an explanation for it. It was, it's just, it, it works with the plot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then we cut to the next day. Roscoe goes over to Sam's house, and they're holding auditions. And in classic Disney Channel fashion, we have a little montage of people auditioning. And, of course, everyone who auditions isn't good. Right, which is so classic. Yeah, it's the the one that's the scene in High School Musical, you know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's like, okay, Troy and Gabriella and... Sharpay and Ryan are like the only talented ones at the school who would come up for the musical question mark. But yeah, so <laughs> question yeah. mark. Yeah. So yeah, it's not looking great. And they're like, well, we got to find someone. And I think Sam goes, we got to face it. Everyone who's already talented is already in the band. So what are we going to do? And that's when who should walk up the stairs? Oh, Loretta. Yes, Loretta Modern. <laughs> That's what she says her name is. And I'm I mean like, okay, so this is a hologram because she talks like Siri. <laughs> yeah, really. She's like, hello, I am here for the audition. And it's like, yeah, that's not a person. Yeah, like, okay, sure you are. Yeah, and they're like, um, who are you? And she's like, I'm Loretta Modern. And I am here to audition. And they're like, okay, let's do this. And she's like, and then they perform well the audition and they do the Nothing's Wrong with Me song. And I think at the end, Loretta does like all these crazy moves, which I honestly I don't think I'd count as dancing. I'd say more gymnastics. Yeah, but you know, whatever works, I suppose. Yeah, because what ends up becoming Loretta's like signature move is doing backflips. But like backflips where she stays in place as she does them. Yeah. Yeah, which, you know, again, okay. Yeah. And then it's at the end of the song where, like, I think one of them tries to go to shake her hand and they go right through her and they're like, what? And Roscoe's like, well, you wanted a perfect lead singer, so I made you one. She's a hologram. To which, like, they're kind of like, I think they think it's pretty cool at this point. I think Sam's a little skeptical from the beginning. Yeah, Sam, we learned, yeah, Sam's a little skeptical. I think she's probably thinking, like, is this even, like, should we do? She's probably already thinking about the ethics of it. She's like, is this, like, right? <laughs> she's, like, right. A, a program as, like, a band member? But alas, they do. Yeah, they agree to let Loretta become the sweet singer. Um, so they go back to Roscoe's house, and this is where we learn that Loretta basically has, like, a little, like, tube you carry her in yeah like because, download her into that or something yeah because um roscoe was trying to hide loretta from his dad because i guess he doesn't want him to see that he was he was using his tech again which is weird because it's like earlier on he's like you know you could show the hologram cat to your um bosses and like you could make like low maintenance you could like try and make low maintenance pets be a thing but his dad's like nah and i'm like okay so yeah they put loretta away in the little nope. the little can <laughs> they put her in a can yeah they put her in her can and then okay yes 
So um, the next day at school, I believe, we get um, uh, Roscoe tutoring this other kid whose name is like Max, I want to say. Yeah. Who we, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, his mom is Roscoe's dad's boss, right? I think yeah. or something. Yeah, so that we learned that, which, you know, um, pick, put a pin in that for right now. So then as they're trying to do homework, uh, Sam comes in, and Roscoe runs over to her, and he's like, Sam, you're never going to believe this. I got you a gig already. And she's like, already? She's like, and he's like, yeah. It's like, you know, the dance that's happening on Saturday. She's like, yeah, but isn't there already a band playing that? And he goes, well, they had to cancel, so I submitted you guys in as a substitute. And she's like, oh, all of us? It's like, yeah. So like you, uh, Rachel, Cindy, and Loretta. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess we'll do it then. Right. And so they are at this dance it cuts to like them at this dance and literally right now and um the crowd is not happy that the original people aren't gonna be there because they took somebody else's spot um and but then loretta comes out and she kills it or at least that's the perception yeah it's um it's like she's does really good because she's like you know supposed she's supposedly programmed to be perfect though and i'm gonna say this right now because they do um nothing's wrong with me you know that's their big single so far um not gonna lie when she first started singing that song i thought she sounded off key <laughs> yeah honestly i i you know i didn't think she was like and i thought sam was better from the beginning despite the bad dance moves but whatever Right. But like everyone loves her, you know, Loretta's gained the audience's favor, which is something the club owner said that the lead singer of the band should be able to do. Yep. So, you know, everyone loves Loretta. So then um, we cut back to home and Roscoe's like working on some like outfits and wardrobe for her. And she's looking outside. She's looking out at the rain. She's like, what does outside feel like? And he's like, um, well, you know, you can't go out there. But, like, she sticks her hand out, so, like, this results in her hand kind of fizzing away. And so we basically learned, yeah, like, if she tries to go outside, it's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, she gets, like, permanently deleted or something. Because of some reason. Because they say, like, the reason she doesn't... And then they also bring up the fact, like, why doesn't she have, like, a projector? And he says, like, it's because it's using, like, echolocation and sound waves, I think, to make her light appear. I don't know. <laughs> Science... Right, right. Yeah, again, they just kind of um, fake some science, I guess. Yeah, but, like, this is when she's really starting to, you can already tell she's going to try and, like, become somewhat sentient. And, and actually, going back to your Turing test thing, like, wouldn't, like, tricking the audience into thinking she was a real singer mean she passed it? I mean, like, I mean, not the official Turing test, but, like, pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah, the idea of it. Yeah, but this is where we see, you know, um, Loretta start to become, like, gain sentience. She's like, you know, I would love to know what outside feels like. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's where we're getting the sense, because, like, when she tricks the audience, I mean, I guess going back to the Turing test, it's like she tricks the audience, but, like, 
they are not really aware that like it's more of it's less about like her being sentient and more just being like a human which i guess doesn't really pass the touring test necessarily but then it's like based on her responses to things and like wanting to go out in the rain you're like okay this this girl has like some actual thoughts yeah and then he starts reworking on her arm because it got i guess deleted a little but as this is happening his dad comes back up to the lab so he <laughs> makes loretta go into like a corner behind some plants so he doesn't see her but he still sees him working on the arm and he's like oh that's cool you're making an arm do you want to like work on this together and roscoe's like no you, you you can just leave and it's like yeah this just goes to show that they don't have the best relationship right which is like a weird through line they try and have this movie have but it's also kind of just weird right right yeah yeah the whole father-son dynamic in this movie is something else yeah so then we go back to school and max is like really adamant about wanting roscoe to set him up with loretta and he's like well no loretta doesn't date but max is like but like she hasn't been on a date with me and i go oh yeah yeah it's not a good moment yeah it's not great so um we basically um he's like she tries to get out of it and be like no loretta she she just doesn't want to date um but then because we know that um his dad's funding is being threatened to be taken away because he literally hasn't done anything with his hologram technology yeah which is like um what is going on here yeah so he says if you set me up with loretta i'll talk to my mom and get her to not take his funding away and he's like Okay, fine. I guess we'll do this then. Yeah. It's so, like, okay, like that's not blackmailing at all. Or no. Well, blackmailing is the right term, but like, that's not the right term. But like, yeah, you know what I mean. I'm tired, but that same difference. I can I can't English, even though that's that's what I study. But yeah, he's threatening him pretty much. Pretty much. So then he goes to Sam and he's like, hey, Sam, do you want to go out to dinner this weekend? And she's like, oh, my gosh, yes, because she thinks he's asking her on an actual date finally. And he's like, great, we can make it a double date. And she's like, a double date with who? And she's like, oh, you know, Max and Loretta. And she's like, what? Yeah, which rightfully so. Right. And she, He's like, listen, um, my dad's funding's about to be taken away, but if I set up Max with Loretta, he'll talk to his mom, who's my dad's boss, and that won't happen. She's like, so you're just using me to, like, for your own gain, basically? And he goes, well, you know, it's also, you know, will help Loretta become more sociable. And she's like, fine, I guess. Yeah, which, again, very understandable reaction. Which, like, this is, this scene, because this is also where she, I think they kind of get into, like, their first real argument, She's like, well, I'm sorry, I don't just say yes to everything like like Loretta does. And he goes, yeah, I am too. And I'm just like, what? That's not the reaction that we were looking for, bro. <laughs> like, bro. That's just not it. It's just not it. It's not the vibe. But even after that, she still agrees to do the double date. And I'm like, Sam, have some self-respect, please, yeah, woman. Have some, have some self-respect, girl. But, you know. Literally. But they do it. They do the double date, and they're at a diner, and um the boys are on one side and the girls are on the other and also roscoe just blatantly has his little laptop which let's talk about this his laptop is like the size of like an ipad basically yet he's supposedly running loretta from it yeah you know again i think that 
they were just making up technology here. Yeah, pretty much. So they do the date, and uh, Roscoe and Sam are basically trying to deflect all the questions that um, aimed at Loretta because um, he asked Max, asked like, "So where are you from? When like when did you start going to school here?" And they say, "Oh, you know, she's a transfer student from like um, Antarctica." <laughs> yeah. Um, and then at one point, Roscoe goes. Uh, his Roscoe's dad calls him, and he has been caught, so he has to get up from the booth. Yeah, because his dad found like the the plans for Loretta, and now he knows that Loretta's the thing. So he leaves, but as he does that, like he hits something on his laptop or something, I think, and like it starts fritzing out, which means Loretta starts fritzing out, which is not just her like coming in and out of like static. It's like she like grows three lip pairs of lips and like her ear appears on her hand and like her feet start to melt and it's crazy. Yeah. So, um, Sam tries to and successfully distracts Max until Roscoe gets back and, um, and Sam is able to make Loretta disappear and then Sam brings her back and she's in a booth with like random people. Yeah, but that's basically to show the the like the, the crazy double date. But at the end of the double date, um, I believe this is when Roscoe leaves Loretta in her little can with Sam for a while. Yes. Yeah, because he thinks hanging out with her will like help Loretta become more sociable when I'm like I think he means more human. Yeah, exactly. Because he's starting to have the feelings. Yeah, let's be, let's make things 100% clear. He kind of falls in love with the hologram. Yeah, which is like not particularly a great thing. No, especially because like Sam ain't about the hologram. Yeah. Because um, we cut to Sam's house a little later and like Loretta's just kind of basically being Siri at her like she's doing her homework and Loretta's like well the right answer was this and she's like well I knew that was like but you've still got it wrong and she goes well yeah that's kind of the part of that's what learning is it's like you make mistakes but you learn from them yeah and um Loretta can't fully grasp this yeah, she can't because she can't grasp the idea of like learning like a person because she's, you know, AI. So like she learns, she adapts very quickly. So then Roscoe, Roscoe comes in. He's like, hey, how are you guys doing? Not great. <laughs> the girls are not getting along. Um, Loretta, at one point, uh, they start fighting and uh, Sam calls her, well, you're just a computer program. And Loretta goes, well, you're just water and chemicals maybe a few more than you should and i'm like did she just call her fat yeah i caught that too and i was like i was like okay this is the small kind of commentary that they thought was harmless at that time like i'm not i'm not going to say anything bad about like the writers because i think that unfortunately this was like normalized during this time but like that's the kind of commentary that it really like helped lead to some eating disorders. Yeah, because like let's be real, Sam's not not at all. She's honestly probably pretty healthy looking. Yeah, she's like healthy 
like the thinner side of healthy. Yeah. And, and so it's like a fact that a thin person can be called fat, essentially. These, which there, I got like, I could get into the whole thing right now about how like, like why why do we even demonize like fatness and the terminology around fatness because it's so stupid in itself but it's just like body dysmorphia and eating disorder central over here like as far as the culture of 2004 but we'll leave it at that yeah it's just oof um but anyway, Roscoe breaks up the fight and he goes, well, guess what? We got good. I got great news. I got you another audition at the ear splitter. You're going to be able to audition again for like, I guess the open mic night. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. So that's really exciting. So we go and they audition again, this time with Loretta and the club owner is all about it. He's into it now. Yeah. He's super into it all of a sudden. And then I think this is where we learn that this is when the record producer is going to be at open mic night. Yeah. Which they're all like super excited about because they're like, oh, this is our opportunity. Yeah. Even though, you know, they're performing with a hologram. Yeah. Um. So then they leave to go home. But um, as they get in the van, um, they check the little the can that the, the can that holds Loretta, and Loretta's not in the can. She's still in the the building because you know she can't go outside. Also, it's raining, and what's really interesting is like as we start to go on, Loretta really wants to like feel the rain. She she becomes with the she becomes kind of obsessed with the element of human that is touch because yeah. she can't her like quote unquote brain can like at least somewhat adapt to the human world, but she doesn't, she can't perceive touch the way that other people, like people can. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So then, um, and so that's when Roscoe kind of has a, like a freak out. He's like, you didn't put Loretta in the can I thought you had, or how, why would you treat her like this? And it's like, bro, chill out. It's just hologram. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and this is really where it's starting to become very apparent that, like, I feel like even if it's, like, subconsciously, like, Roscoe kind of is really starting to view Loretta as a real person. Yeah, which is a complicated issue. Yeah, so he goes and retrieves Loretta, and Loretta's still just more like, you know, I would love to feel the rain someday, and it's like, well, do you know, your hologram, you can't feel, but she's like, but I want to, and I'm like, oh, she's becoming sentient. Yep. Yep. Yep, that's the, that's where we start to be like, yeah, this is not just a, just an AI anymore. Yeah, so then it's time for the big performance at the at the club and yes the music producer is there he's ready to scout for new talent and of course it's time for the zeta bites to go on which i believe is this when they start being referred to as um loretta modern and zeta bites i believe so yeah so it's like loretta is really starting to become like the face of the band and like the other three are starting to just become the backup instruments which you know is not cool since they were the original ones 
But everybody except Sam seems to be enjoying it because they're still, like, they're successful in this way, I guess. Mm-hmm. So then they perform, and it's going really well until suddenly out of nowhere, one of, like, the media satellites start freaking out, and Sam, not Sam, Loretta is exposed. Yes, but the audience loves it. Yeah, like, the idea of, like, a hologram, like, pop star is like, whoa, that's so cool. Yes. They're, like, super, super, um... Of, like it goes over very very well yeah and the music producer is like well these are the people I gotta sign immediately and yeah this literally does yeah he like basically comes in and like signs them up signs them immediately and then we get a, I believe a montage now of like um, now that Loretta has been revealed as a hologram the Zeta Bytes like just skyrocket to the top basically yeah pretty much we get a montage of like Loretta, Loretta doing interviews, but then Roscoe also does does an interview, but like on this like roundtable show where they kind of start getting into like what are the ethics of a holographic pop star and like what could this lead to? Right, right, yeah, because she is like doing so many like appearances and stuff like that on various shows and stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the movie kind of tries to dip into like the ethics qualms this would raise but like not too much <laughs> right and then we also see the three actual human girls in the band get like new outfits new wardrobes and then we end the montage on them we're trying to record their first single because then they're going to make the album but then the music producer stops them and he goes okay take five um he accidentally leaves the booth mic on he goes you know, can we get rid of the girls? Can we get studio musicians? And Roscoe goes, dude, your mic's still on. Yeah, but then Loretta actually sticks up for the band. Yeah, she's like, you can't replace them. They're my girls. And he goes, well, I guess whatever you say, Loretta, because it's very clear that they really only see Loretta as, like, the main person in this, and, like, the other three are expendable. <laughs> yeah, which is so messed up. Kind of some Cheetah Girls vibes, if you ask me. Yeah, very much Cheetah Girls vibes. They yeah. they took the same idea. Yeah, so they decided to call it for the day, and everyone gets up to leave. And Roscoe's like, you know, you guys sounded great, too. And they're like, yeah, but no one cares about us. It's all about Loretta. So they leave, and Loretta goes, I wrote my own song. And Roscoe's like, what? And uh, she, I think, eventually gives them the lyrics, and it's just like, copy pasted lyrics from other popular songs yeah she she literally just took popular songs and like just chose different lines from them and which, yeah go on oh sorry which i kind of want to bring this up because the topic of ai is kind of a hot topic now in the art world too because i don't know if you know but there's now like ai that will like you give them a prompt and they'll try and generate what looks like paintings or pictures out of it right so there's currently a big conversation going on and like is ai art gonna help or like harm the digital art sphere because if you can eventually make ai that can perfectly recreate a van gogh painting like do you need digital artists anymore and as someone who's going into that field i'm like oh oh boy <laughs> yeah yeah there's so many ethical questions surrounding ais and it's just like 
on the one hand, it's hilarious to, like, even have, like, the possibility of, like, a sentient AI. But then, like, there's part of me that's, like, there have been warnings for years and years, pretty much starting with Frankenstein, for a reason. You know, so it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, AI is just a hot topic, really, ever, ever since. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I had never really um, thought or researched it in the art sphere, so... Well, I just know that because actually, um, in my thesis class, um, one of the people in it, he's a 3D modeler, um, but he's okay. used, um, he's start, he's used AI a few times to make like a concept of something. And then he would go in and like model it more out. But I'm like, Hmm, how do I feel about this? Right. 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 Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up real quick. Cause like AI is even starting to affect like my industry basically. Right, yeah. Um, That's very, I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, so um, after this, um, Roscoe is working on Loretta back at home, and this is, I believe, this is when they have their major argument, because Loretta is like, what do you mean I did not write a song? He's like, well, because you didn't actually write anything, you just found lyrics over the internet and put them together, what you thought would sound good. And she's like, but but did I not? She's basically like, am I? They basically go into the whole big argument of like, you're not human, but she wants to be really badly, and like she wants to go outside and experience the rain. But Roscoe's like, no, you can't. If you go out there, you'll be gone forever. And she's like, but I. She gives she gives the line of like, but you said I was perfect because like he wants to make, change some things on her. Right. And he goes, oh, you are, and it's like, okay, fine. I won't t- make any more changes to you. So, like, he goes upstairs, and Loretta, because Loretta also mentioned, like, since I'm a program, I can go into the internet and, like, send myself places. Right. And then she does that after Roscoe goes upstairs. She goes to the computer, and she goes, I want to go to Japan. And she literally, and this is when the movie takes a complete 180 and goes places I didn't think it was going to. She goes into the internet, and we see what the internet looks like. And let me tell you, it is a lot more wild than, um, I like the, I mean, it's kind of similar, but I really like the depiction in, like, let's see, Rocket Ralph 2, um, even what, it, didn't they do something with, like, um, the internet in, um, in, like, the Timmy Turner, uh, Fairly Odd, par- yeah, odd Parents? Yeah, Fairly Odd Parents, I believe they did. But, um... But this depiction is something else. It's uh, yeah. not in the universe. It's very it's like, weird. It's like a white void with a bunch of just like graphics flying all over the place. And Loretta's just like standing in the middle looking at it all. And then this guy in a truck shows up and it's revealed he's a search engine. You get it? You get it? <laughs> so yeah so she gets in the search engine he's like where do you want to go and she's like uh i would like to go someplace fun and he's like well i can take i have like three thousand something results for that let's go and then they go and like eventually she i believe jumps out because she sees something yeah and she gets like sucked into like a server 
And she's like, well, this isn't what I want them to do. Um, I guess I can just go email myself back to Roscoe. So then she is in this email server, I guess, and she asks one of the, like, non, like, just worker bots, like, hey, can you help me? And they think she's a virus, and then they set up, like, virus protection and send it against her. Yeah. So things don't look great for her for a hot second. But then she falls again, and then she's in, like, a more, I, I don't know, a different server. And in this server, there's just, like, a bunch of, like, inf information booths with, like, people in it, which I assume are, like, bots still. So she goes to one. She's like, hi, can you help me? It's like, yes, do you have an email address? And she's like, I do. And But she doesn't send herself to Roscoe. I think she sends herself to Sam. Yes, she does send herself to Sam. And she, like, almost, like, sends, like, a video message, basically wanting Sam's help. But Sam is really ticked off about the whole situation. And she happens to have, like, the, um, the, like, canister, I guess, that they keep Loretta in. So she's like, I'm just going to download you to this and then not say anything. Well, yeah, because... I believe after this, she goes to Roscoe's house. And Roscoe's not there at the moment, but she comes in anyway because we didn't mention this because it's not really important, but Roscoe and his dad apparently have a housekeeper. Yeah. Because they're like rich, rich. They're rich, rich. They're rich, rich. She lets him in. She lets her in. She comes in and she ends up going up to the lab. And she's like, so this is where you made Loretta. And then she finds all the CDs and photos she okay. used to make her. That's right. And she, what does she find? Well, she finds that while going through the magazine photos that um, Roscoe used to composite into Loretta, he she finds pictures of her. And she's like, wait, what? And she's looking. And all the pictures have, like, a certain percent on them because it's like, um, you use a certain percent of her, you use a certain percent of her, or, like, you use her eyes, you use her nose, you use her whatever. And then she sees her photo, and at first it says 14%, and then it goes down to 10%. And she's like, what so like she learns like there is a little bit of her used to make loretta but it's not like a lot so she goes downstairs she's very visibly upset now and she runs into roscoe and he's like oh hey what you doing here and she's like how much of me did you use to make loretta and she's like what she's like what did you use of me she goes he goes your ears and she's like very 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 understandably mad at him and she storms out and that's also, what's her motivation to to not tell her him that she has this Loretta? Right. So Which, she's yeah, she's upset, but you know. But like, understandably so. Like, imagine being told you were only, like only your ears were deemed like good enough. Right. I would this, also be mad. The guy that you've been like long term crushing on. Like, oh, literally. Ugh, that would be so frustrating. But then, moving forward again, Roscoe is, like, in this panic about not being able to find Loretta. So, eventually, Sam gives in and just, like, gives him Loretta. Yeah, because he then he realizes Loretta isn't around and that she did download herself into the internet. And he tells Sam, and at first, Sam doesn't want to say anything because she's still mad at him. But eventually, she goes... No, because, like, they have this whole big conversation about, like, why do you care so much about her but not me? It's like, it's because she's the perfect girl, right? Also, don't they kiss here for some reason? Yeah. Um, she, she's, like, 
she's like, um, like I'm real, like I'm right in front of you, and then she kisses him, but like honestly, oof. doesn't even seem to care that much at this point. And also, I'm just like big oof at like they get to kiss on the lips. Yeah. Yep. Oof. But yeah, after that, she's like, I have Loretta. She's in my room. And he's like, Oh, you do? That's great. And it's like, She just kissed you, dude. What the heck? Yeah. Like, bro, think about this a little bit further. Like, like, just think about it a little bit further. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, he takes Loretta back and then. This is this is where we see, I think, um, even though he has Loretta back, he's like watching performances of like the band before Loretta and like like you know, with Sam on lead. Meanwhile, Sam's watching, I guess, photo not photo videos that I guess Roscoe took of their performances with Loretta, and we see she's trying to finally learn how to dance by uh, watching Loretta. So it's like they're both watching something of each other's and it's like, whoa. Wow. But then we learn basically that um, the record company wants to buy Loretta. Or maybe already has from Roscoe's yeah, dad, yeah. I think. Yeah, because they're at a meeting. Roscoe and his dad are at a meeting because Roscoe's dad's company, Skyloft, wants to team up with the record company and create more hologram uh, singers. Which, like, again, this is where... Um, because they're the ethical questions really kind of start to come up because they're like, well, we can just like use them when we want and not use them as we when we want. And this has been pretty extensively written on this idea of like slavery with AI. And I definitely think it could be like a possibility. You yeah. Know, you create a being, you you tell yourself it's not satiant, even if it is, and then enslave it essentially. Yeah, because what they learn is that, I guess, yeah, technically speaking, they own Loretta now, but this is when it really comes to a head of, like, Roscoe believing that she is a person and she deserves to have a choice of what she wants to do. But the record company's like, no, she's a program, and they, ugh, this line really broke me the wrong way. It's like, with her, we can make other Loretta's of other races, and I went, what? Yeah. That made me uncomfortable. Yeah, as it, as it should have. And they're like, and then we we, we have all hologram singers, you know, we don't have to feed them. We don't have to pay them. We don't do any of this. Like, it will be a huge new market. And Roscoe's like, but what about her choice? And they're like, son, it's a hologram. He's like, no, she's a person. She deserves to choose on her own. And this isn't fair. And at first, Roscoe's dad's totally in on just, like, making hologram pop stars. But then, like, he finally sees his son in the slight because... Um, this scene was crazy, and I totally forgot to mention it. Right before this, they have, after this whole conversation he had with Sam, he talks to his dad, and he, for some reason, he brings up his dad's ex-girlfriends. Yeah, that was weird. And it's like, also, I think this is where we learn, like, at first I thought, okay, so the mom's dead. No, it sounds like the mom just walked out on him. Yeah, or they were divorced or something, and she's not super present. We don't really know. Yeah, but either way, he just talks to his dad about his, like, past girlfriends like you know it's like because you were trying to find the perfect match but like that's the thing about perfection is like it's not real or whatever they try and get philosophical here yeah but yeah so then after seeing his son become so passionate about loretta and this whole thing he goes you know what no my son's right this isn't right um you guys should not be doing this and then the head of the record company just calls security on them yep 
but dad and son are in the car and he's like don't worry son we won't let them do this to loretta and and then they have like this father-son moment where he's like you know i'm proud to be your son and then they like embrace in the car and almost get in a car crash (laughs) fun times yep yeah like that that was like the weirdest plot line in this movie which is why i didn't give it much attention Yeah, the, the dad-son subplot was something else. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the record company, um, the record producer that we met before that signed them is talking to his boss, and he's kind of like, um, so here's the thing. The boss is like, you're going to put Loretta in the, you know, so you're going to keep her in here, and then she's going to basically, yeah, we own her, and we're going to have her perform whenever we want her to, blah, blah, blah. And he leaves, and he go, and then the record producer goes, you know, because he's thinking about what Roscoe was saying. He's like, He's right. She should have a choice. So she let so he lets her out of the can. And he goes, All right, Loretta, you need to make a choice on your this is your choice. You can go back in your can and the record company will own you and you'll do whatever they tell you to. Or you can go into my cell phone pager and escape into the internet and be free. And she chooses the internet. Yeah. So then Roscoe goes back to the uh ear splitter and the record producer is there with the rest of the band. And he's like, what is he doing here? Don't you know what he did? He sold Loretta to the record company. It's not fair. And he like, literally he's like, starts hitting him. It's like, whoa, yeah. dude. He's very upset. I'm like, I get you're upset, but man, you don't need to start hitting people. Chill out. Chill out. Chill out, man. It's just a hologram. No, it's, yeah. it's clear. She's way more than hologram at this point. Right. Um, so, oh, go on. No, no, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, um, but then it turns out that he had actually given Loretta a choice. Yes. And, and not with the record company. Yes. Loretta chose to be free. And also he quit the record company to start his own studio. Let's go. Yeah. We like him. But then they're like, what do we do without Loretta? And, and uh, Sam's like, I know I've got this. Cause she taught herself how to dance. And she goes out in Loretta gear and a blonde wig, and she actually looks like she's doing really well for a hot second until. Yes, um, I was going to say, she she pulls the Hannah Montana before Hannah Montana existed. Yes, she does. Um, but yeah, she's doing really good. The crowd's going wild. They also get Sam's mom, who can also play guitar, to like sit in for her, because obviously if she's pretending to be Loretta, she can't also be guitar. Right. Um, and she's doing really good. She's like doing the moves. It's pretty good until she does. She goes for the backflip and she ends up falling off the stage. And like, I'm <laughs> the way I want to describe this, like the movie, like basically asked, like when she hit the floor, she like immediately went into a coma. Yeah, pretty much. But, like, I feel like she didn't fall hard enough for that to happen because the stage wasn't that high up. Off the I floor. know it doesn't it's not that realistic i mean yeah technically if you hit your head the exact right way but like the odds are not high right but we had to raise the stakes somehow yes and so sam winds up in the hospital and of course roscoe's there very nervous and her her parents are there but then who shows up Oh, yes. Roscoe gets an email and it says, open me. And it's Loretta. So Loretta materializes and she's like, Roscoe, you're not going to believe it. I went to Japan. It was so fun. I went to clubs. He's like, dude, not the time. She's like, wait, where are we? She goes, he goes, we're in the hospital. And she's like, why are we in a hospital? And he's basically like, because Sam tried to be you. 
Oof. So then she goes and sees see Sam in this unconscious state, and she's really dang upset. So what does Loretta decide to do? Okay, so Sam's brainwaves are being monitored by this machine that's connected to her through, like, little, like, what do you call those things? The little... Yeah. Yeah, on her, on her head. And Loretta's like, well, I, we have to fix her. So she tries to go into the machine she's hooked up to, but Roscoe's like, no, Loretta, that's not a computer. If you go in there, you'll be gone. And she's like, but Sam needs me. And so she downloads herself into a medical instrument. Yes. And then this movie takes another wild turn. Because where do we go, Kate? We go to Sam's brain. And it's like, what? <laughs> where her conscience is, like, huddled up and, like, sitting next to a guitar and just really, like, upset. But Loretta helps bring her out of that. Yes. Dark, literal darkness. Yes, when Loretta arrives, her brain is like a barren wasteland and Sam's, like, I guess unconscious, subconscious, unconscious? Uh, yeah. Is, like, huddled over a broken guitar and she's just muttering over and over, it's broken. And she's, like, looking really disheveled, not great. And Loretta's like, Sam, are you okay? And she just keeps repeating, it's broken. And she's like, well, we can fix it. And, yeah, Loretta fixes the guitar, which I'm, I guess is Sam's brain. <laughs> right. And then, like, the barren wasteland becomes, like, this Garden of Eden thing almost. Pretty much. Like, they show grass sprouting, and it's interesting. Um, I guess you could argue it's metaphorical for new beginnings, but... Any hoosie, then Loretta starts kind of fading out, or so it appears. Yeah, but then they have this conversation about how, like, Sam, like, you know, I was just jealous of you. You were perfect at everything. And then Loretta's like, you know, I really don't like that word, perfect. And it's like, why must I always be perfect? Like, you get to make mistakes and learn from them. I don't. And they have this, this whole bonding moment where they're like, they finally understand each other. And... Then, as Loretta starts fading, she's like, I guess there's only room for one of us here. And Sam appears to come, too. But it's not Sam. It is Loretta. Yes! Oh, my God! This is crazy as well. When she wakes up, she looks at Roscoe, and she goes, Hello, Roscoe. And he's like, Loretta? So what we've come to learn is that somehow, someway, Loretta is now controlling Sam's body. Like, Loretta's consciousness is in Sam. Which, again, proves she has a consciousness. But also, it's just making me go, what were the writers on? <laughs> this is very true, too. And so, anyway, of course, Sam's parents are really concerned. But it's thunderstorming out. And going back to the fact that um, Loretta could never feel the rain, she desperately wants to feel the rain. Yeah, she wants to go out and feel the rain now that she's like human she also says like when they ask her like but then where's sam she goes there was only room for one of us at a time but sam will be back don't worry so yeah she goes out and she finally experiences the rain and it's amazing and she loves it yes and as she's experiencing that she runs around like crazy she's enjoying it she's having a ball but then she I guess transitions back to Sam. 
it's weird because it seems like she gets struck by lightning and as that happens there's like a wisp thing that comes out of sam's body and ascends and i think we're supposed to believe that was loretta because then when they go back over to her because she kind of falls from this she's back to being sam and they're like but where did loretta go and she they sam's just like she's gone and i'm like the hologram died the hologram died <laughs> but like became a spirit <laughs> I, I guess it was kind of bizarre it was bizarre but they're like man we will never forget loretta so then we cut to the ear splitter one more time and they are performing a new song called i believe it's actually called let the rain come down which i'm like isn't that hillary duff song but you know yeah, you know and it it's like this copyright it because it's disney Right, and it's this beautiful acoustic ballad that's basically just Sam talking about how, you know, I'll never forget Loretta and what she did for us and what she taught us. And it's everyone loves it and it's emotional. But then after the performance, Roscoe's like, well, you guys did great on those harmonies. And Rachel and Cindy are like, we weren't singing. But And then Roscoe's like, but there was a second voice. And they're like, wonder who that could have been. And then the, the craziest thing, Roscoe looks over to like where a spotlight is shining and then like a ghostly figure that resembles Loretta appears for like a minute. Which is like, what is going on here? What's the implication there that like Loretta's a ghost now? Yeah. Like what? What? But then he just goes, huh? Guess the Zeta bites have their own guardian angel now. And that's where the movie ends. Yeah. It's also like, no. clear that they got together, though. Like, Yeah, Sam and Roscoe, but I'm just like, I can't get over that last five seconds. I'm like, what yeah. is the implication there? And, and that's it. So um, that was Pixel Perfect. Yes. Jake, what did you think of this movie? <laughs> well, clearly, I'm still thinking about this movie. Right. Uh, yeah, I feel that. Um, this is a weird one to have with my morning coffee this morning. <laughs> That is totally fair. I watched it in like three chunks, so it was interesting. No, that's fair. Across time. Yeah, I was just like, wait, what? Because like, kind of start. It started out like a fairly normal decom. When I say like, like it's like a, a outlandish premise, but like they kind of make it work. Right. But then it's like, what? She went into the internet, and then like she became a, a spirit, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But like overall, I had a fun time. The songs were pretty good. I mean, I guess this does count as a musical decom. So that's our. This is actually our second one after Cheetah Girls, which is cool. Cool. Um, they had good songs. They had, just, you know, good, a good overall good plot. Ro I will be honest. Roscoe's not my favorite main character we've had, just because of how we treat Sam. Like, oof. <laughs> yeah, big oof. Big oof. But um, overall, like I had a fun time. But like the last third just like threw me through a loop because i'm like what's happening right, so right. i think just because of that i would like had the uh, last act not had gotten as crazy as it did i may have given this an i'm gonna be honest like an eight but because of that i'm gonna knock it down to like a seven and a half that's totally fair um i was gonna give it an eight but i was also kind of contemplating like slightly lower um, but I'll stick with an eight, but I think I would have rated it an eight and a half had you're right that like just some of the graphics and stuff, it just didn't work for me. But that said, I do like me a decom that like delves into some more complex issues and ethical implications and like 
far out premises that they actually make work but yeah those far out like in the internet scenes and in sam's brain like it took it down a notch honestly <laughs> yeah we were like you, you had us in the first half but then you, you went into her brain <laughs> yeah exactly so awesome Alrighty. so what is next well next up well kate you know who we haven't checked in on a while who haven't we checked in on we haven't checked in on the Lawrence brothers in a while. Oh, no. We need mm. to see them again. Well, I say them, but it's actually just Andrew, because uh, our next DCOM is Going to the Mat, which stars Andrew Lawrence in the lead role once again. Uh, Andrew. Oh, Andrew. Um, I think this is also the last DCOM to star any of the Lawrence brothers, so it's going to be our little farewell to them as well, which I'm like, dang, man. We're gonna be we're no more Lawrence Brothers after this. No more Lawrence Brothers. Yeah, I think it's about oh, oh, oh yeah, I think it's another sports one, and I think it's about like wrestling, but you know, high school like wrestling, not like a WWE. <laughs> yeah. Um, looking at the this will be an interesting one because it looks like he portrays a student. We're not going to get into it right now because like not the episode, but he portrays having a disability that I don't think he has in real life. So that's, Oh yeah. To, we'll get into that. <laughs> that's always something to discuss. Yes. Um, but all right. That brings us to the end of our episode. So Kate, where can our lovely listeners find you on social media? You can find me at um, KV Random on Instagram or Kate's Commentary on Twitter. How about you, Jake? Yes, um, you can find me on Twitter at JakeBlue98. Um, you can find me on Instagram at JakeBlueArt. I just recently posted some looks at my recent redesigns of the Monster High characters because I just I love that franchise so much and I just like doing art of them. Um, but then you can follow the podcast on Twitter at T-S-O-S-N podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at something new pod. Um, we also have an email. If you ever want to use that, that starts something new podcast at gmail.com. Um, also, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a rating and review. And if you do that, we'll read it live on the show. And lastly, this podcast is distributed on Anchor. And Anchor is a podcasting app that allows you to record and distribute podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. And if you're on Anchor, you can actually leave us a voice message. And if you ever do that, we'll listen to it live on the show. But all right, I think that's going to be it for us this time. Thanks so much for keeping up with us. And we'll see you next time for a farewell to the Lawrence Brothers. All right. See you then. Bye.